0: Welcome to the Oxley Bond MotoGP Podcast. To another Oxley Bomb Modern GB podcast with me, Matt Oxley, ancient racer, ancient journalist, and my podcast partner.
1: <laughs> less now, even no, not less ancient actually. <laughs> former uh, crew chief, data recording specialist turned uh, journalist, quasi sometimes part time.
0: So uh, wow, what a what a weekend in Mandalika here. I mean, um, I mean, just so hot uh, track temperature record. I think it might be the because I went through. You know, right back to Qatar, 2004, when it was like 48 degrees in in pit lane. And I I, I think this might have been the hottest track temperature uh, ever. It was like 60 degrees, basically. I mean, mental. So, um, yeah, I mean... Wow! yesterday the championship completely pivoted because Peko banyaya messed up qualifying and he just couldn't make any progress in the race Martin you know came through and, and won a race and then was just disappearing today and then having taken the championship lead yesterday lost it today so what, what did you think what did you think of it all Peter
1: <laughs> I, well, I'm getting too old for this game it's too, too, too much exciting in a couple of days you know seeing that the, we had a Friday with Peko struggling like we've seen before we show for, we we seen frustration from him like we've seen before, so I'm like, okay, this is going quite okay, interesting. And Saturday was a full blown disaster for Pecco and Jorge Martin. Just Scotts was so impressive. Everything he did on Saturday, even when he crashed and had to go to his second bike with the wrong front tire in it, he he, he did an incredible. Yeah. um He didn't do an incredible lap time, but the way he was trying to still make the lap time, yeah. and the, I mean, there were a couple of things from Jorge Martin this weekend.
0: Let's just let's just go into detail about what what happened in qualifying yesterday basically um peco was on you know when he's on the soft the bike it's kind of got too much grip for him and and the bike gets very snappy yep. you know because it's gripping so well it's he's having to really fight it and stuff and he doesn't you know peco doesn't like to fight the bike he likes to roll with it like jorge lorenzo and then and then as you said martin crashed which is a disaster in 15 minutes and you know they're all running out of the tires they want to keep for the race so he has to go on a hard front and he could have lost the he could have lost the championship lead well, he could have ruined his weekend right then. But he went out and qualified fifth with a hard front tire. I mean, after crashing, that was phenomenal.
1: I mean there was a couple of things from Jorge Martin that were unbelievable that were really from another level all weekend until today's crash. So let me start at the beginning how quickly he found his feet, how quickly he made the lap time, how quickly he was already trying the M rear tire, which at that moment thought it's not an option, but he was said, Oh no, I will have already some laps on it just to be sure because I know what's with an S. I don't need to work on my type of riding with the S rear tire. Qualifying went a little bit wrong. Nearly saved it with the H front tire. Ended up on the second row, but his starts are unbelievable and he just disappeared in the sprint race like that. I've seen two crash, two near crashes from him, which were for me really, really next level saves because yep. we've yep. seen a lot of time people saving front end crashes, but that's usually when you have your knee on the deck or have it almost on the deck. But the, other, the only guy that I've seen saving fronts when this knee was not on the deck was Mark Marquez. I remember in Assen a couple of years ago, fully straight up line, he blocked it and it went from lock to lock and he still saved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't need to, to, to go to the ground. I've seen Martin twice this week, this weekend saving a front ender when the bike was on like 40, 45 degrees and he, he was so unbelievably quick going down with his knee to save it and pushing back up that that's completely next level. I've never seen that before. So a lot yeah. of positive things from Jorge Martin. He, he made a Huge step in confidence. He get away with everything. He might even forget to put a shock in it, and he puts it on the front row. But at some point, you feel like nothing can go wrong, and and that's when that's when it goes wrong. And that's where he need to. That's where I'm going to be very, very interested to see if he can make that switch in his head and learn from this. Oh, absolutely. Because he did a lot of things this weekend that reminds me of of the best Mark Marquez, who was like overriding the bike everywhere and still be fast with it, playing with it. But the good Mark in his good years was saving his crashes for for he was almost timing his crashes to he knew when to crash because he wanted to find the limit of yep. the tire and he stopped crashing in the races
0: always in practice yeah, everyone always says oh he crashes so much no 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 he was so clever everyone always says oh Mark guess he crashes so much all the time he crashes all the time well oh, no, hang on he's got eight world championships you know he he he, he knew when to crash I'll, I'll go out exactly, I'll exactly and the only way to find the limit the absolute limit is to go past it yeah.
1: and then I know the feedback just before it goes wrong so. but anyway so he, he, yeah. he, he sort of lost the concentration made a small mistake maybe you know more about it you went to his debrief but with three seconds in the lead he had it all in his hands um, because he was on the normal tires should not have been a problem at all and then he lost it but there's again a reason behind it I think because this track made a huge amount of crashes and all of them most all of them for the same fucking reason I will say there's only a narrow race line where, where the grip is and as soon as you're out there you're on your ass
0: yeah yeah, we saw so many people lose lose the front. Fairly narrow line and because it's you know, it's hardly ever used this track, so you know, there's it's dirty offline. I mean it didn't look that dirty, but obviously it was. Um, lots of guys crashing just all through the weekend. Just, you know, Small front end loses, you know, no, nobody getting bad, not big crashes, but they're crashes. Um, and you look at Jorge Martin's uh, record over the last four races, uh, including this one, it's six wins, <laughs> what in one second and one crash. I mean, wow, you know, so he has just been in this amazing zone and just unstoppable. I mean, yesterday, I, you know, I think he was sixth into the first corner in the sprint and I, however many corner laps it took, but he was just boom, 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 boom in the lead and off he went, you know, and, and this today, you know, he went straight into the lead from, from the first corner.
1: Yeah, because let's let's shortly speak about that sprint race because he made a lot of mistakes. He was so impatient overtaking Fabio Quattrojaro left and right and everybody. He makes such many mistakes and got away with it. So at some point mm. where everybody's crashing and- and you're not, you start to think, okay, I, I apparently I can't crash this weekend. <laughs> and the only yeah. thing that made him crash was more or less losing his concentration in the race when early on, already leading with three seconds, having it all in the back. At some point, there is no challenge anymore. And then he threw it away. But the yeah. mistakes he made by being so impatient, having this extra speed. I mean, Alex Marquez was at only one moment impatient and immediately crashed and took somebody with him. Jorge Martín did five yeah. of them and got away with it. So
0: yeah, pwah. yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of what happens when you're in the zone, isn't it? That you kind of you, it's all like, it's almost magical. You know, what what when you're in the zone, it's almost magical what you can do. And 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 Martin was magical all the way up until he lost the front on whatever lap it was you know three seconds in the lead and he he said he'd already he said okay i've got 2.8 seconds i'm going to calm down but what happened when he crashed very simple he came out of turn 10 he ran a little bit wide on the exit and onto the dirty part of the track so he picked up dust onto the right side of the front tire but he was exiting the corner so he didn't need you know the dirt stayed there and as soon as he flicked it into the next right whoosh, off he went. So it, he, he'd he actually made the mistake. It was actually turn 10 that made him crash at turn 11. And But he seemed very, you know, he came for the debrief an hour afterwards, and he was very, matter of fact, he was like, you know, I, I've blah, blah, this won all these races and so on, and, and today I made a mistake. And, you know, that's what happens. A few races ago, Peko made a mistake. That's what happens. We make a mistake and we carry on. And, you know, I'm second in the championship again, and it doesn't matter. You know, there's still, what are there's still 10 races still to go. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> literally anything can happen. And, um, and what the, the interesting thing about Banyaya and what made the difference today is that he ran at the medium tyre for the race because you had to, as Alice Hispargro, who ran the soft like a madman I don't know why for the race.
1: What a disaster. <laughs>
0: um, so, yesterday, like I said earlier, Banyaya with the soft on in qualifying and then again in the sprint. You know, he made no progress in the sprint, basically, did he? he? went, I think he finished seventh or eighth, but several guys fell off in front of him. He made no, no – because the bike is too aggressive for him. He puts on the medium, and the bike becomes a lot smoother. So, wow. I mean, he, he is the first guy to win a MotoGP race back of the fourth row since uh, Melandri won in Turkey in 2007 <laughs> and you know an overtaking is meant to be um, difficult these days and I'll explain in my in my blog tomorrow in detail why because we haven't really got time to go into it here I'll, in, the, in my motorsport blog tomorrow I'll explain why you know people are starting to sort of overtake again but um, yeah I mean what a what a weekend for the championship and again you just look at both of them I mean they're such different kind of characters Peko is sort of so super cool and you know whereas martin is just this kind of raging bull kind of guy, you know. And yeah, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. It it really can. I mean, we we I, I think the the if you look at the forecast for next weekend, it's going to be 13 degrees on Sunday at Phillip Island, you know. So so you're probably talking a track temperature of and fucking
1: windy as well as probably rain we have everything
0: yeah yeah yes so i mean you know and i kind of don't really that kind of pisses me off a bit at this stage of the championship that you're going somewhere where ah you you know i mean it's close to dangerous basically when you're racing at phillip island in those conditions it's it's actually dangerous just being out there on on especially with all the aero these bikes have now you know they're going to get taken away a lot you know knocked about a lot by the wind much more than they used to be so you know what I don't want to see is somebody crashing through not really their own fault. You know, Martin made a mistake today. He admitted it and he and he described beautifully, you know, exactly what happened. And um I mean I love that, but you know riders know. You know, everybody goes, "Oh no, it wasn't that. He just he was just too confident or too cocky." And no no, these these riders when they know that they, they they know things that no one else knows, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And this this reaction from from Martin and Matt also shows me that this this uh, obviously is is really disappointing. But this doesn't un- get under your skin. He no. he has he takes so much confidence, so much confidence with him into the plane tonight. That's unbelievable. Things get, went wrong point wise, but he showed so much special talent and speed and getting away with all the tires that you throw at him. So and the and the only thing that saved Pecco uh, because now we see that Pecco has his weaknesses, obviously, and the weaknesses is at the moment is the S rear tire when he needs to race with it. He couldn't find a way yeah. to work with it on Friday, couldn't find yeah. a way with it on Saturday and then on Sunday with the M rear tire which is which is only slightly slower, not that much. He was again unbelievable. Yeah, Like you said, yeah. it reminds me of, of Lorenzo or in a way sometimes Vignales that when they're in the zone, they're unbelievably untouchably good. He went from, from 13 to 3 in whatever, 3 or 4 laps or something. It was unbelievable. So he needed yeah. only the out lap to recognize his old bike again and his old feeling and he didn't hesitate at all and then he's so oh. beautifully inch perfect didn't touch anybody because there was a lot of touching going on obviously when there is a racing line of only one half meter there was a lot of touching speaking of touching <laughs> Brad binder at two long laps touching everybody on <laughs> the way in and out He was like bumper cars that was unbelievable
0: i hate to moan about um the stewards but you know it has to be done (laughs) um (laughs) yeah you know i mean my own personal feeling which doesn't count for anything is that you know penalties should be saved for like what i would call maniac moves you know when somebody does something that's completely out of order and i do not understand the logic of the stewards where yesterday in the sprint uh, Alicia Spargro tried to pass Brad Binder and lost the front before he hit him so because he was on the ground when he hit Binder and took him out the stewards didn't give him a penalty yeah that's apparently the rule right (laughs) they didn't give him a penalty because he said he because you crashed already but but the only reason he crashed was because he was trying to overtake him so what the hell is that about but then Binder crashed into Marini and knocked him down so he gets a penalty and I'm just it's
1: like what uh, he didn't crash himself he crashed into Marini. no no exactly it sounds a subtle Look, what's, difference, what's the it difference? Made apparently what's, all there's the difference. no difference
0: you know you, you've no taken, logic there is no logic there's no logic nah. that's what I mean there's no logic so I, that, that <laughs> kind of pisses me off nah. <laughs> really does
1: let's agree on that there is no logic
0: yeah but, but exactly exactly
1: finishing six with two long laps.
0: <laughs> yeah and, and, and yes. Yeah, absolutely and, and and while we're on the moaning we obviously have to moan about whole shot devices because that's a, a compulsory part of every podcast that we do as everyone <laughs> knows and, and Zarco rode the whole race with the rear whole well until he crashed uh, um, that explains uh, he he raced the whole race with the whole shot rear height device down. So basically, he was riding a chopper, like a Ducati Diavel, for the whole bloody the race. You know? lot, yeah. but, but being Johan, you know, a lot of guys would have pulled in. But he was like, no, I'm going to see if I can learn to ride the bike like this, because maybe I can learn <laughs> something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um and finally he did crash but not specifically because of that and and speaking of uh, i just want to mention Quadraro as well he just fabio quadrara yeah. rode an awesome race and the standard thing with the yamaha when he was on his own he was the fastest guy on the track but as soon as he caught up finales yeah. on a v4 a Brilliant, he could not get past because the problem is and it's not with the yamaha it's not just the lack of horsepower from the inline four versus the v4 they still just don't have that exit traction you know that sort of 40 degrees from vertical they just can't put the power what power they've got to the ground so he just could not get past finales I I think if he'd been able to get past finales as soon as he'd caught him I I think he probably would have won the race if he you know he, he certainly would have put Banaya under, you know, a lot of pressure. And and, and, and if I was Banaya in that position, I would have gone like, okay, mate, <laughs> you know, you have the 25 points. So I'm just going to have the 20 because I don't want to crash trying to beat you. You know <laughs> what I mean? And Banaya was very clever, keeping just enough of a gap that he didn't have to worry about cool. Vinales chucking up. And, 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 you know, I love Maverick Vinales, but oh God, you know, every bloody time, you know, he never quite makes it, you know, uh, you know, he's been a factory <laughs> rider since 2015. He's won. Nine Grand Prix, and it's like you're on the bike that you're on the right tyres, you're on the bike that works better than any. The, the Aprilia worked better than any because this is basically a flowing track, and the Aprilia loves flowing tracks. You know, he said, I, I, I think Alish was absolutely adamant yesterday that he was going to win the race today, and, and I think okay. he probably would have done if he hadn't. Ch- I mean, you know, yesterday. Binder's rear tyre was blistering. Quite a few of the tyres were blistering after yeah. 13 laps. So they did like 27 today. Why, 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 why did, did, did they choose the soft? It's just completely insane. I mean, I know the Aprilia is quite friendly. No,
1: no, no. You're stealing my thunder now, Matt, because I was going to rave on about Alice. It's unbelievable <laughs> on, what he did. Because he was, he was supposed to win everything this weekend, the way that Aprilia started on yeah. Friday. And he, okay, he made already like over-enthusiastic... I would no. Okay, it's stupid. The the mistake he made in the sprint for me was like stupid because if he, the only guy that didn't need to worry to go quickly past somebody in front of him was Alize because he had so much more speed than everybody and he does an over-enthusiastic move, crashes into Binder. Okay, that's it. Then he sees that his teammate can't even win the sprint race with the soft rear tire. Next day, we have yeah. a race that has double the length. What does the genius Alize decided? Oh, I'm using the soft rear tire. Yeah. Six laps in yeah. and the thing drops like a stone. What the fuck was he thinking? Oh, I mean, what's, yeah, what's I- the reasoning? And so he was about yeah. to, to win everything and throw it away. So yeah, there's a lot. Many times he has some... Fair comments on Aprilia because a lot of things go wrong in Aprilia. That bike is sometimes so unbelievably good that you can't believe it. What 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 goes wrong in the box or in the team or with the decisions in the other weekend? But he himself is also far from
0: perfect. Yeah.
1: This this weekend yeah. was one to quickly forget for allies. Yeah, because you don't get that many opportunities to win GPS. And this was one no. for him.
0: And I think we should, um, you know, we had quite a lot of walking wounded here today, uh, this weekend, especially Vezzecchi. I mean, Marco Vezzecchi, wow! I mean, just what a bloody superstar, you know? He decides on Wednesday that he's going to race, <laughs> has to convince his mother that he that he's all right, and gets on a plane, arrives at the track on Friday morning, and and, and luckily with the new sprint schedule, Friday morning practice doesn't start till ten forty-five for GP, so that was good for him. And he went straight out and super fast, crashed. On a right-hander on his right collarbone no problem finished third in, in in the sprint and then finished fifth today the day in, in, in the twice as long race i mean just mental and he's just he just gets funnier and funnier and funnier you know he's such a joy to speak to you know he was said yes said on friday he said oh you know champagne is a great painkiller so I'll, that's what i'll be going for to try and get some champagne uh, you know then after the race somebody said what was the champagne like and he said oh it was it was really it was it was great but it was too it was so hot you know because i be the bottle of well prosecco let's say had been sitting there in the in the 30 degree heat for an hour an hour probably so it's probably like t- sort of hot tea but th- but then today he came in and somebody said uh, how do you feel now he said i see he said i feel fine i've had a couple of beers <laughs> so you know <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you, you just, <laughs> you, you just kind of love the guy you know and and um so they said you're going to rest tonight he said no nah, party tonight I'll, I'll sleep tomorrow you know and, and like wow he, this guy comes from the 1970s you know he's kind of been he's kind of got in a time machine or something hasn't he and you just think wow he's he's so cool he's in his second year he's 24 25 you know next year um you know he, I think he'll start kind of putting it together and the, the, the weird thing of course is we asked him well I, I asked him on Thursday I said can you tell us what happened in the crash you know at the, at the at the ranch and he said it was a crash no somebody else asked him that and then I I said to him, was it a high side or a low side? He said it was a crash. You know, you know, and he, Marco will speak about <laughs> no. anything. So some, so <laughs> something strange. Some, I think somebody, and I'm not going to say who. It could have been any of the VR46 crew took him out. And because why is he being so secretive? So I think something happened. You know, it, he It wasn't just him just falling right. off and yeah. hurting himself. <laughs> you know, I, I think something happened. Now,
1: of course, he's very aware that when he says, "Yeah, but Luca Marini cut it over my front wheel," then you all go to Luca Marini. And you say what's going on with the championship. So he will not mention any name. But it, it's it becomes clear that the way they train on the ranch is with the knife between the teeth. They are really, really hard with one another. Oh. Um, at some yep. point I think Morbidelli even at some point said, We come here to the GPs to train for the <laughs> for the races on the ranch, because that's the real thing. Yeah. That's that's where it yeah, everything yeah, no, goes no. fully on the line. That's that's the honor thing, you know. That's even more important than MotoGP. GP. And they are fully, fully right. You have to be you have to train in in a way that is
0: extreme. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know what, Morbidelli said that said this to me a couple of years ago when we were there for the hundred kilometers. You know, there's no ra- we don't have any race direction here. There's no one to give out penalties, so you can do whatever you like. And and you know that's what they do that's how you you, you know you, you're basically training to be an animal basically aren't you you know and you, 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 you kill or be killed you know and, and, and that's what these guys are doing and um, I, I fully see you know why they're doing it you have to be on it all the time you know you, you keep your killer instinct going if you keep your reactions going if you keep your bike skills going it's going to make a difference when you get to the next race you know and, and um, but I, I, I would love to know and maybe we'll find out one day but VR46 of just completely closed ranks on it you know it's a it's a it's an official v r forty six secret why um why bezeki crashed there so so maybe we'll never know but um yeah i, I mean also worth a mention is uh, alex rins who who's still walking yep. with a walking stick and he really needs it you know you can you can see somebody who needs a walking stick and doesn't he can't still can't put weight on that leg and it, and if you have any idea of how much load the riders put through the footbags when they're riding these bikes you know it's like stamped really hard you know you're putting that kind of much load so i think he i mean obviously a lot of people crash but he got a top 10 so massive respect to him and also um you know what about um digi antonio you know i mean he's really exactly setting his stall out for you know i think honda you know if i was honda i'd go okay yeah you're the guy but i would also say that a lot of his improvement in results this year is down to his crew chief, who is Frankie Carshady. And there we go. Who was Joanne Mears' (laughs) crew chief and will next year be Marco Marquez's crew chief. So, um, I I mean, I heard that at the first test of this year, so obviously (laughs) Gian I always struggle with his name. Last year was his rookie season and he had a horrible time. And then his first test this year with his his new crew chief, Carshady, he cried at the end of it, just saying, now I know, now I understand. It wasn't me last year. It was just that somebody wasn't giving me what I needed. and now somebody's giving me what i need and um and wow his his results at the last three four races at first he did a couple of good qualifying positions and i was like oh yeah well that's just qualifying but he's starting to back it up with with race results now and good on him and so i think you know honda all the talk about what are honda going to do for next year are they going to take Oliveira from aprilia are they going to take um somebody else i I mean you know i would be after Oliveira for sure because what they need is a very intelligent analytical experience and that is miguel Oliveira. so so, or who
1: (laughs) alice alice because anyway whoever you want to you whoever you approach you will need to pay big bucks anyway because you need to buy him out of out of a contract why not buy the captain because he's called the captain at the Predia for a reason he's not going to win a lot of races and definitely no championship because he is alice and he can't do that but he is apparently very very good he knows exactly what, he, what you need and what the other guys are doing and what his bike is doing. He's just not able to extract the best from a bike that is often better than him, in my opinion. That That's why yep. I am so, keep telling you, and everybody, yep. even if you don't want to hear it, how good Aprilia probably is because they don't have brilliant riders. They have a, a one-trick pony in Maverick Vinales and they have yep. a second, not a top, top level rider in Alize and trots them or I mean anyway they can still win races every now and then so yeah. that that bike is so and it's a lot down to Alize that must be because he's there or sure. he has been there sure. all the time and he decided the direction if I was Honda that well, and he mean, likes money yeah yeah he buys expensive porsches he has porsches restoring so
0: yeah yeah he likes his toys he likes his toys yeah i, I and, and we we asked him yesterday about honda and so on and and his final word was never say never and when a says that, you go, oh, Okay, so
1: that's it. That means it depends on the offer.
0: <laughs> you know, you're definitely talking, right? Yeah, without a doubt. So, um, no, I mean, they, they, you know, what Honda need is an Andrea Divisioso, and and you could argue that Alice Espagro is that guy. I, I I would also argue that Miguel Oliveira is that guy, but he's not got the experience that, that Alish has, but he's incredibly analytical. I mean, what what you need when when you when you're trying to dig out yourself out of a hole like Honda as Ducati were is a guy like. Vizioso or Alish or Miguel Oliveira, you don't need a guy that's going to go out and win races. What you need is a guy that can come in and say what you need to do is this, that, and the other. And they've. All, I really think they need to put Zarco in Repsol Honda. You know, I know it'll piss Czechanello off, but you know, Zarco's been on the Ducati for four years, and 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 he's a he's a clever guy. You know, and he can he can tell them, and all basically he knows exactly what the Ducati does, so he knows exactly what the Honda needs to do. But again, we come back to the same old question: Will will Honda listen to what their riders tell them you know uh, what else what else what else so um, 30 35 degrees here well I've got something I've got lots yeah you go you go <laughs> I want to go
1: again about the track because I love that track yeah. it must be an unbelievably beautiful track the the guy who designed this track deserves, uh, deserves a, a, a medal because even with a small racing line there was a lot of overtaking and you really really can yeah. make a difference I, if you study Moto 3 Moto 2 I mean the very fast flowing corners coming out of a chicane or corners that lead into a chicane with a lot of banking uh, it reminds me of the best parts of argentina so it's beautiful in a way that it brings it rewards the best riders who can ride around the problem of the bike very very well what i don't like so much is that it asks too much from the tires so you start to think too much about your tires and and the dirty line of course it, it this ruins it but the layout of this track is unbelievable unbelievable good track it's interesting that it we have very low uh slow lap short lap times almost sucks ring style i mean one minute thirty is, is uh, is quite slow so but at the same time we have a high average speed so and and that's <laughs> that's usually a sign of of tracks that that the guys like so for me the the high change of direction makes it very interesting to to work with your bike braking for a long time with the angle you can you can overtake if you can overtake this much on 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 this track then obviously it, it must be a beautiful track but the sad news is as long as it stays there it will always I'm afraid it will always be a difficult track because the racing line only gets wider if you leave enough bikes on it all the time. Yeah. That's that's yeah. hard.
0: No, no. They, they, they should try and have a round of, they have a round of the eight. It gets used, I think, what, three times a year? Well, Superbike, which isn't going to come here anymore because they've got no crowd. Um, they have the Asian Road Racing Championship here in August. You know, maybe they should have that one week before the Grand Prix. You know, m- maybe that would attract more people. Yep. You know, maybe p- people could come because it's a beautiful part of the world. You come down watch the, you know, if you're coming from Thailand, a lot of a lot of Thailand riders and Japanese riders in the ARC come down watch them spend five days on the beach and come and watch the MotoGP riders I mean that's you know and the, and the ARC will clean the track put rubber down so, some, so they need to do something like that to kind of um, yeah. to kind of solve this problem of, of, of the dirty line which which does spare. and talking about the track design as well the way the sections work there's some lovely fast sections that leave into slow sections where, where a rider can kind of build a pass you know he, he might be like half a second or more but behind the guy in front but if he makes those vast sweeping corners if he makes up that time and just he arrives we saw it quite a few times especially in practice not so much in the race but you know you arrive so much faster towards the next corner that you can easily outbreak the guy and and and, you know that good tracks make for good racing and obviously um phillip island next and, and I think, my God, that's going to be crazy because Marc Marquez is going to, you know, he can win there. Fabio Quartararo yep. thinks he can yep. win there. And yep. And, and, yep. and all the Ducati guys think they can win there. And, and, and the Aprilias think they can win there. It's going to be pretty crazy. Like it always is. I mean, quite scary for crazy. But
1: it's interesting what you say about, because there's a similarity between Phillip Island, where we are next week away, not in the temperature, but in the layout, that this track here and Phillip Island rewards intelligent riders in the way that if you really think about your moves, you can make them stick and 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 get away if you're just following a guy and waiting for that moment that you try to outbreak him you're not gonna do it you're not gonna you didn't do it here look at look at binder but the clever guys here just a little bit like you said they put themselves on like whatever 0.3 seconds behind somebody and they know if corner five for example is the one i'm gonna do the overtake i'm holding back in corner two i have a lot more speed to three and four then i arrive already on his side i don't need to outbreak him i'm already there because outbreak Exactly. at the moment as the rules are is quite difficult so yeah. it rewards clever riders also where in the track do you make your move because once you and if you do your move on a clever way like in the high speed kings I've seen a couple of moves not so much in MotoGP but if you like in Moto2 in the fast change of direction if you overtake somebody there it's such a surprise for him you put him offline you yeah. immediately put him on a second behind you so he will not yeah. come back which is yeah. normally always what happens <laughs> so this track <laughs> is unbelievably beautiful at the moment it's ruined by the fact that it's not used enough but it's got everything that i like in a
0: track and with a beach nearby (laughs) (laughs) okay guys thanks for listening if you got this far thanks to peter thanks to sam peter's son our famous producer and we'll be back from phillip island next sunday thanks for listening bye bye